This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the only show on the internet that dares talk about the issues that no one else will talk about. We're talking like things like dragons, space lasers, uh, uh, dinosaurs, psychic children, psychic children, soldiers, Jedi with light swords made of light, traversing the galaxy, fighting for truth, justice, and what the American way was back in a long time ago you ever like follow just <laughs> a metaphor and just see where it takes you and just like you don't know where you're going to end up but you're just going to go there i like doing that yeah that's pretty much the star wars prequels what you just did <laughs> oh the shade hello everyone thanks for joining us hello martha hello julie hello everyone out there in cyber take the black land six out of ten no that's the rough the, that was no, rough you, you don't understand the chaos is part of the fun <laughs> You just don't get my humor restream. Five out of 10 for arguing. <laughs> you know what? I can do that too. 15 out of 10 because great. And look at that. I'm also that person. Anyway. Nice. Um, That's official. It's in the chat. It's official. It's in the chat. It's in the room coming thing. Um, and hello, Christian. Anyway, we're here to talk about all those kinds of sci-fi fantasy crap we do every week. And Daniel, how are you doing out there in sunny San Diego? I am doing doing very well. It is dreary in uh, this place I am in, which is the opposite of San Diego. And yeah, we had a lot of good news this week. It's been Stranger Things all the time, but uh-huh. a few other exciting things going on. How quite are you, bit. Dan? You ready to talk about stuff? Yeah, I am. I mean, there's been quite a bit of stuff. Like Stranger Things came out. We all there stuff. has. I watched the new episodes of The Boys coming out on Ooh. Friday, which I remember back in our ranking thing, I, I would have put second. You were. By the Dragon, and, and I think that was the right choice after seeing this stuff. And we have some okay. new House, House of the Dragon info. We're going to talk about it all, starting with our, 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 our good friend, George R. R. Martin, who is the one and only, the one and only, who is out in force promoting House of the Dragon. It's freezing cold where Julie is. Again, Julie, I'm always curious about this. How cold is freezing cold in Australia? Um, I'm just curious. Not that, that is a fair, that is a fair question. Not that there's it a gets down to the to the negative negative teens, negative twenties where I live in the winter. I'm oh. I want to know the answer. Chicago too. We're negative double digits. It can be complete with um, ice storms that in literally literally inspired George R. R. Martin to create the Wall. Was a ice storm in Chicago when he was here in college. Just saying. I believe that. But I I, I am genuinely curious. And as uh, Zach says, can't wait for the boys. So jealous. We, we will give you our spoiler free review in a minute here, Zach. It was pretty good. Um, I'm looking forward to the rest. And I got like all the Sweet. screeners too. Um, but first of all, let's take a nice visit, a visit with our buddy, George R.R. R. Martin, who's out in Force Pony. Good old Dragon. George. Good old George. Good old yeah. George. Can't beat him. Promoting the upcoming game of thrones prequel show house of the dragon by going on i don't know this this he went on idris elba's podcast he has with his wife coupled them because yeah i didn't know that was the thing why not have a podcast everybody has it we have it we can't talk um so everyone's got one <laughs> and according to julie it's about nine celsius i'm at 11 oh god we're such idiot americans okay daniel can you do celsius to fahrenheit in your head i can't I can't, uh, <laughs> nor can I, I mean, that's, that's I'm sure it's freezing cold. though. So what it's gotta be forties, 49 yeah, Christian's degrees, got it. 49, you. 42. Thank you, Christian and Carrie, okay. which does sound kind of nice. All right. But anyway, George R. R. Martin and the house of the dragon showrunner, Ryan Condal went on Idris Elba and his wife's podcast to discuss that's 42. Everyone knows how to do it. <laughs> well, I'm American. I know how to do it. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Richard. Um, to discuss House of the Dragon. And there are some cool things 
they just kind of uh jawed about you know we're all yeah. ex- excited for the show but um have you ever tell me if you've heard this daniel you and anybody else okay have you ever heard something like a producer adapting a thing say we're going to adapt it but we're going to make it my own we're going to put our own spin on oh yeah interview with the vampire or we're going to really make avatar the last airbender our own they talked about whether House of the Dragon is going to be a faithful adaptation of the book. And it looks Ooh, like it's okay. going to be more faithful than most things of this type are. So, for instance, Condal, who's the showrunner, not George Martin, but the guy actually running the new TV show, said, For me, it was a trust building exercise. I don't know what it sounds like, so I can't do a voice. And the way that's Mi- pretty good. Thank you. And the way Miguel Sapochnik, the other showrunner, and I approached the show was as fans of the original show. What we're all trying to do is create the thing that we as fans would want to see. For me as a fan, that meant a very faithful adaptation. And then I was lucky in this case, I had George's ear. I shared every outline and I wrote with him for the pilot and every draft of the pilot I wrote. And then once that started go- getting going, HBO was happy. I think George was happy and knew there was a story that was that the story was going and what the plan was. The upshot of yeah. this is that they're trying to keep it very, very faithful to the text, fire and blood. And, and, and I will say, like, seeing all the casting stuff, they... Mm-hmm have cast a very large amount of characters who are actually from the book, including like small ones that they have. I, I wouldn't have like batted an eye had they dropped, you know, yeah, like um, the Westerlings and like every single like a Harold Strong and like kind of those little side-ish characters that I just in, in another another person's hands, it would have been a lot looser. Like, it looks like we're getting all the kids. Like, we're getting Aemon Targaryen and we're getting, you know, Aegon Targaryen. And I think yeah. there's, like, the, 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 the impulse to combine some of these folk would have been strong. And it does look like they're being pretty comprehensive. What do you think about that, Daniel? Yeah, I think that's a... I think that's a great uh, choice. Um, I think the temptation is there. You know, A Song of Ice and Fire... Uh, and Westeros, those are really dense worlds. Uh-huh. It, the temptation is surely there to combine characters for simplicity. Or just cut them. Yeah. I think, yeah, or just cut them. I think, you know, Game of Thrones did do that as it went on. Early in the show, it didn't as much. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was, that I honestly, I feel like that's something that set it apart a little bit was how much yeah. it tried to get every little character and, and be faithful to the the books especially in the early seasons like season one there were conversations that were just ripped straight out of the books like line for line so it's fascinating to me because fire and blood is not a uh an easy it's not a straight story to adapt that's Mm -hmm. something else they talked about a bit right is like where do you even start something like this it's what it's a maester telling a story that three other people said and trying to parse out the bits of truth from it. So there are all kinds of places they could have, they can and will probably fill in. What do you think about that? Do you think that is going to be, you know, when we talk about making it a a showrunner or a producer, making something their own, do you think that's kind of like a gray area? Cause they can make it their own while still being faithful in a way. Most shows couldn't. I mean, house of dragon is, is is so unique, right? So, okay. Yeah. I'll give you a counter example. So interview with the vampire, they're making that show and rice classic yeah. novel. Everyone loves it. And the early trailers are showing like it's the story, but they've just moved the time up like a yeah. hundred plus years. And it's a weird choice. I do think I kind of know why, because I think they want to avoid the hero being a slave owner. So they're going to move that up. Is my actual mm. guess. It does stick out. It's like, Oh, so like my original argument was if you're making a period piece either way, because the, because the new period is still like early 20th century. It's still going to be a period piece. Why, just, yeah. why, not, why not just do the original period? House of the Dragon is so mm-hmm. unique because again, this, the, the original book is so weird in that it's yeah. a history book. It's not a novel where kind of sketches things. Occasionally it'll throw like something they said, a piece of, but it's in the, like a, some, like a line, but no like conversations exactly. So yeah. You have to fill stuff in. And it's almost like the make it your own bit is baked right into this in a way that it isn't in something like Interview with the Vampire, which does have a set text. Like everything happens A to B, B to C, C to E in a very um, distinct way that is set down in a book. And here, 
it's just not. So it's kind of they can have their cake and eat it, too. They can adapt everything that is there and still have lots of room to bind where they will have to invent stuff because there's a lot that doesn't feel Yeah. And they are doing cuts. I mean, like, again, Mushroom's apparently not going to be in it, or at least if he is, we have not seen him. Yeah. And and that is that is okay, I think. In terms of important characters, Mushroom's important for Fire and Blood, not so important to the actual story being told, I guess, unless you were asking Mushroom's opinion, in which case he'd tell you he was crucial to every event. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Interview with the Vampire is an interesting case because... I think you're probably onto something with, you know, they cast uh, Jacob Anderson, Anderson yeah. right? Who played Grey Worm in uh, a, in Game of Thrones right. as Louis. And moving it forward in time is an interesting thing in terms of potentially sidestepping the slave owner thing, because that is Louis' backstory in the book. Someone was, pointed that out uh, to me. He ran out of plantation. Like, oh, okay. I can actually say that. Yeah. I, I could understand. I could understand that choice. It's, you know, the jury's out on on how it will being in a different time period might change things. I, I don't really know how it might change things. I'm curious about that one. But yeah, Fire and Blood, uh, House of the Dragon, it is set up to to give that kind of creative freedom. And with people like Miguel Sapochnik, I, who I'm a big Miguel Sapochnik stan, oh, I think yeah. that's great. It is a really cool and probably pretty unique writer's exercise. By the way, Joanne says Mushroom should be there for comic relief. So just really quick before we move on, if you yeah. don't know. So this Game of Thrones people show, 20 years before the original series, Civil War, lots of dramatic events. It definitely has like the raw material to be a dramatic story. There's this character Absolutely. named Mushroom, who is a dwarf and a like a fool, so like a court gesture for one of the main characters, Queen Ra- Princess Rhaenyra. And he's kind of like a doofus, like he's an illiterate, he's making like these filthy jokes. And he does come off as like maybe slightly mentally disabled. I'm not quite sure if they're trying to depict him like that in the book, but like it's kind of reading from the lines. My guess is they don't want to include him because they have this like kind of barrier breaking character with Tyrion Lannister, who is a dwarf, but kind of goes against all the fantasy stereotypes of what a dwarf is, whether it's like the bellicose Lord of the Rings Gimli type or something like this, where he's kind of there to be an idiot for for other people. Yeah. And they probably want to say like, oh, do we want to follow that up with um, this character who is there to dance for your amusement and just kind of plays into those stereotypes, even though he does break them in some ways, but not as a not as richly as Tyrion does. And, you know, maybe yeah. he's there. Maybe maybe he just he's in I can there see and the trailers haven't seen him. Just haven't. He hasn't been to the trailers at all. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. He's he's the secret main character of the show. We won't know till it airs. I could see them putting a nod to Mushroom in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. But he, I mean, he's just not essential. He's not an essential character in the grand scheme of the narrative. I don't That's know. That's a safe I mean, He's there for a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, I do think it's funny. According that, like, to him. Um, according to him. I do think it's funny that like, you know, fandoms are very quick to, um, you know, point out what they don't like about something. Sure. The House of the Dragon fandom, the Game of Thrones fandom has been saying like, I don't like this costume thing that they're, or, or you know, some complaint about something or other. I yeah. haven't heard anybody. his ca- outfit's too dark. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the lighting. I haven't heard anybody complain about mushroom being cut because I think there's like this understanding that like, eh, maybe that's for the best. I have not seen a single person who's been like this show. Look at this show checking off, uh, you know, diversity boxes, cutting out mushroom, which I those <laughs> arguments cringe. I cringe in the first place, but that's not one I've seen probably for the best. Nicole, with a good comment is mushroom um, and actually very smart dwarf portrays a seemingly stupid joker. Then that's fine. Yeah. Like you could do it. There's probably yeah. a way to do it. <laughs> There's also a way to just cut them out and save yourself a lot of trouble, which I think is what they're probably yeah. going to do. With so many characters. Probably. Watch them show up in the first episode. You know what? That is, I I would not be too surprised. I'd be surprised, but I'd be like, of course, this was going to happen. So something else they talked about uh, that I'm curious what your thoughts are. Oh, because. Uh, we talked a little bit about the timeline for this show because we've seen in the trailer the show is going to span the first season at least like 20 years. It's going to jump around in the timeline, but like we see yeah, events from it over 20 years in the trailer. So George was talking about 
how they were trying to decide when to start the story. Yeah. He said, we faced the same issues with this. Oh, uh, indeed, it's been a major issue with me and some of the other writers who had preceded Ryan Condal on the project. Uh-huh. We could not agree on exactly where to begin the story. I usually wanted to begin earlier and of other people wanted to begin later. But I think we, yeah, of course, right? Uh, but I think we found a great place to start. Where do you think they're going to start on this? I really don't know. Um, again, the book is so interesting. I just like thinking about George or Martin arguing for like, well, why don't we begin in the Dawn Age and just like work our way up there? And it's like, <laughs> no, what we, we got to do a little bit later than that because you know we would. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, my guess is there will be flashbacks. Someone commented that hope there aren't too many, Nicole, but there have got to be yeah. some. I really don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to start at you know the great council of heron hall work the way up or it'll be a flashback my guess is gonna be a flashback i think Rhaenyra will i think that'll be a flashback yeah. yeah i mean Rhaenyra is what she's like four when that happens i feel like that could be a flashback but i do wonder if Rhaenyra as a teenager and allison as a teenager if that's something we're gonna see a bit more substantially because yeah we've no. also seen scenes no. of like damon around that time period so it, it i was surprised at how much we saw from those early years in the trailers again like he is trying to make it faithful which is cool and good yeah. and yeah i guess i wish it almost stands out that it's so faithful because the norm with adaptations is to change it usually so much and there are exceptions to that like i think well, the expanse at- was pretty um faithful because that had the book writers yeah <laughs> it had the book writers in the writers room so they could they kept the soul intact but yeah like you were about to say wheel of time is another one where they Mm -hmm. have changed quite a bit they've made it their own they've made it their own they have made that one their own for sure (laughs) the lord of the rings rings of power looks like i mean it's gonna have to because there's like nothing to fill in there so they're gonna make a lot of stuff up that is the standard thing so it's almost it's almost refreshing to see a show that clearly looks like it's going to try and stick as close to you to this very tricky text as possible and i'm yeah. looking forward to it same all right any other comments on the house of the dragon of it all daniel you know i i think we've talked about we've talked about it a good amount those are really the big things that stood out to me from that interview you know like as you said it's got the opportunity to expand baked into it. And that's kind of the, one of the last things Ryan Condal said about it. It's interesting because you can really serve the adaptation, be extremely faithful to it, but also still bring a lot of invention to it just because of the way the story is told. Cool. This is a unique one. I'm really excited to see what they do. Also, um, oh, um, yeah, there he is. There's a scrub dog. I just realized I forgot Obi-Wan Kenobi in the outline, but we're going to talk about it. Don't worry. So cool. we're gonna, so I we have, have thoughts. Some, I'm sure you do. And I'm sorry about that. I forgot about it. Uh, So lots of TV going on Uh, really quick. So last week we gave our kind of um, our spoiler free review of the new season Mm -hmm. of Stranger Things, which we got to see in its entirety before it dropped. Um, We did. It was cool. It was cool. I love doing that. And then telling people I can do it Um, now that it's out. um, Any follow up you want to do with Stranger Things or anybody out there? Has anybody watched Stranger Things? now that it's been out for a few days, because yeah, I guess let us let us know in the chat if you uh, <laughs> if you don't want us to spoil things, I guess, because we can kind of talk with or without spoilers for this. Um, well, I see Christian's got yet. fingers in here. OK, just um, it'll be short. It'll okay. be short. Yeah. Just I just so, want to say, because it really is all about the ending, isn't it? I mean, it this is. season is really is. all about that last episode. Nicole's halfway through. I'll just say, get to the end, because that final episode really made it for me. There's this yeah. great twist involving, okay, Christian, my signal will be, we're done. We're done. And that'll be it. That's the signal. There's a great twist involving Vecna. We won't talk about it too much, but it caught me off guard. Yeah. I didn't see it coming. Maybe because I was watching pretty quick, in quick succession. Perhaps I would if I if I hadn't. I'm not sure if anybody. The layers, did see it man. The layers. The, that else. twist had so many layers to it that like I caught some of them, but there there were like four different layers to the twist that came out at the end. So it fixed even some of the problems. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I yeah. am wondering if folk like were like, oh, I saw it coming. I haven't really looked into that. Like it, the twist fixed some of the stuff that I had, some of the problems I had with the season. I thought it, I thought it, um, it made me excited for what's coming and I am cool to see more, but really this, these episodes are all about that final episode, which is like an hour and a half long. Yeah. It's the length of a movie and that twist yep. involving Vecna 11, they deliver it really well. They punch it really good. And it was pretty tubular. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Um, you know, the one other thing I, I did want to say about Stranger Things 4, something I really loved about this season is how much upside down stuff there is in it. Um, the showrunners kind of talked about how you're going to start to get answers now. They were going toward the end game. And one way that I didn't really expect to see that manifest was like answers about the physical nature of the upside down mm-hmm. because it's easy to forget but like we haven't really spent time in the upside down since like season one was the last time characters well, were really yeah. in there um for more than like a scene or two sure and we we don't see it until you know relatively late in volume one presumably volume two is going to be basically all upside down mm-hmm. or like a lot of upside down for some characters but yeah i i love the upside down stuff it's good. The, I think this is one of the uh, this season really feels like it's pushing boundaries in some meaningful ways to me, um, specifically in the formatting with the volumes and the episodes. It's good yeah. stuff. They are going for it. They are reaching for that brass ring. They are climbing that mountain and they are not going to be told no. Also, it's hugely, it's, it's hugely successful, which Netflix needed because yes. um, they've had all this yes. news about how Netflix is like losing uh, subscribers. It's firing people. So um, it's nice for it to have this uh, giant hit. But totally. Hey, uh, let me ask you something about this, about yeah. Stranger Things. I was thinking about this because I've been mulling over the episode. I think we're good, and, and right? Budget. No more yeah, spoilers. We're, we're good. Okay. This is... We're good, this Christian. is not a spoiler. No more spoilers. We heard before this season that the episodes were 30 million an episode. And we kind of all lost our minds about it because that is just well, outrageous for a season of television. Sure. When you think of them as movies, though, or short movies, some long movies, that's actually not an outrageous budget for a movie. That's true. Do you? So having seen volume one, do you think the budget is outrageous still? Or do you think the way that this show toes the line between television and movies, it makes sense. What are your thoughts? That's a big old question. I think, I think it worked. I didn't think of it as movies. Like, when I was watching, yeah, I didn't like uh, it, okay. it, it, it. It felt like a TV show. I mean, it's like a well-made TV show, but I've been so trained to like enjoy these slickly produced um, special effects heavy shows by now. It just feels like what TV is. Um, so yeah. it, 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 it felt like TV. Now, two and a half hours, that's going to feel a little different to me. So, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's carving out new space for itself in the TV movie hybrid space. And I'm sure that'll continue until the whole thing collapses. Yeah. Totally. And Christian's got a good comment in there. I think it has a special place for people that grew up through their teens in the 80s in the US. I will just say I have siblings. I I was a a baby in the 80s, but I have siblings who were teens in the 80s in the US. Mm -hmm. And that's so spot on. It's like a giant nostalgia trip for mm-hmm. them. They love it because I mean, they recognize all the things from it. I mean, like neither you nor I were like sentient in the 80s, though, and we both like it. I mean, like, yeah, I think I think they said like there's no way it's just nostalgia because there are way no, more. No. There are way more people who like this show than were alive or like <laughs> like cognizant of the surroundings in the 80s. Like there's no way the yeah, show was just uh, premier, like uh, appealing to '80s kids. Like, well, I think I'm not an '80s kid, thing, but I, I, I like it. Yeah, I think the thing, even more so than just appealing to '80s kids, is it takes the era of filmmaking that was prominent then, especially mm-hmm. in the sci-fi horror space, like Aliens and Nightmare on Elm Street, which is the '70s, but the sequels were in the '80s, yeah, and like all those kinds of movies, and it wraps up. The like the tone and the sensibilities of those movies into this show in a way that's introducing it to a new generation of people who might not have grown sure. up with those movies. There's a scene in the third season where the kids are watching, I think, Dawn of the Dead in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked. Like the soundtrack of that movie sounded like Stranger Things. So it is like oh, they're taking there, things. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I 
I was a huge fan of this season. I've been rewatching it since. So I like good it. stuff. And, Daniel, and Julie, I know that you don't like it and that's fine. And we all just experience it here. That's what makes yeah. that, 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 that's what makes take the black. So just unique and diverse and just everybody's in here having a good time. Yeah. As a cool. So I'm an honest kid and I like it sort of nostalgic sense. It's really just showing life pre internet. Now. Yeah. I agree with that. Like I, 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 yeah. I wasn't around in the eighties. I was just old enough to remember what it was like before the internet was around. Yeah. Well, pretty much. I guess we had like really early, <laughs> Just uh, not really working internet back in my early Dial life. Dial up. Oh God, good times. But <laughs> but they don't even have that. So it's really it it is it's 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 a piece of historical period piece prehistory. Anyway, speaking of yeah, stuff, it's got a light bright Daniel. instead. Is that what that was? I mean, that not- that is. I wondered how many people would know what a light bright is because I I grew up in a household that felt like an eighties household because I'm the youngest, <laughs> ah. so we had stuff like that. How many siblings do I never asked you that? How many siblings do you have? You don't have to answer that, by the way. I have to. This is eight. this is okay. Eight different eras of family, but eight total. Okay, right? I will. Seven. I will. <laughs> I'm sorry. That one a lot. I didn't mean to ask that. I didn't know the first question. <laughs> I asked you what I didn't care about. Then you had to think. How many siblings do you have? I don't know. I had, to, think, I had to think. I grew up. I grew up with four. We'll put it that way. We'll talk more when we meet over the weekend. Yeah. Anyway, so about TV, Daniel, you're also watching a show yes. called Star Wars Obi Wan Kenobi. I am, and I have not yet. So why don't you okay. regale us with your opinions? How are you enjoying or are you not enjoying Obi-Wan Kenobi, I, the new Star Wars show starring people? Yeah, we'll, we'll keep it keep it relatively light. Uh, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi bringing Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, and who knows who else back from the prequel movies. Yeah. There are cameos out the wazoo. Um, the show features a young princess, Leia, which I think was a great choice, even mm-hmm. if... They should stop having people chase her because the chase scenes with her look ridiculous. Really? <laughs> they, yeah, they are not good. Even <laughs> the actress is good, but the, yeah, the chase scenes are not. What I will say is I really, really was let down by the first two episodes. Like I love the prequel movies. I grew up with them. I went into this really wanting to like this series and was super disappointed in the first two episodes. They were mm-hmm. a little all over the place. They were a little boring. I've caught myself like drifting. The writing was not good. Episode three was fantastic. Nice. Um, so my feeling is that Disney and Lucasfilm rushed getting us to episode three because they originally were going to do it one a week. And then right. they were, they put two out last week instead on a Friday and then gave us a new one on today on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So that's three episodes in less than a week. And I think that's because they knew episode three is really like the hook. If you make it to that point, you're going to want to finish the show. Three features, Darth Vader. It, I will say James Earl Jones with James Earl Jones. The dude's 91. 91 years young. Yeah. Feels special because he's in his nineties. Who knows how many more times he'll voice Darth Vader. And this is a Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi story. Like it is about their relationship. And I think it has maybe the scariest Vader scenes. Some of the best Vader scenes in all of star Wars. Um, he he was terrifying in this episode. So yeah, I it's worth giving a shot if only to see the one that came out today. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just haven't gotten around to it. I'm probably going to watch it. Um, can I ask you this? Talking about nostalgia and stuff, do you, yes. is it possible that you enjoyed it so much because your favorite action figures from your childhood were up there uh, smacking each other? Or is it really that good? No, I mean, no, it's totally the nostalgia. It is entrenched in the nostalgia. Okay, that was honest. (laughs) Yeah, well, with something like this, it's hard for it not to be, right? Because it's set between the prequels and the original trilogy of Star Wars. So, like, unlike The Mandalorian, where it's like, ooh, can they nod to different things? Here are Easter eggs for Star Wars fans. This is like, it feels like a story to bridge those two trilogies. So... It, it is more dependent on them than anything else. I think that has come out in the, in the Lucasfilm TV space. So, yeah, I think that it's super dependent on the nostalgia, but I will say that 
the show itself was asking better questions and doing a better job this time around. Like in general, it was a, it felt like a better show this week. It explored like whether the empire was a good thing or not and how different people look at that differently, depending on their worldviews in a way that's, I was surprised because normally you see the empire is pretty one note, the empire, the bad guys. Sure. So it it was cool to see that kind of exact, like Leia grew up since the empire has been around. So it's natural for her to say things like, aren't they doing good things? Yeah. I I think it's definitely rooted in the nostalgia, but this was a good episode either way. Good. I'm I'm glad to hear about that. By the way, Zach says on YouTube, um, didn't know about James Earl Jones. Yeah. Pretty nuts, right? Still yeah. watched episode three. Yeah. I'm disgusted by some of the messages that Moses Ingram has gotten. That being said, yeah. I'm I'm not a fan of her character Rava, which is fine. I mean, like as long as you separate, like um, I don't like the character from how dare a black woman be in this. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But those yeah. are different things. Those are different. Yeah, things. for sure. I I am right there with you, Zach. I am not the biggest fan of Riva. I'm excited to. S- I, I'm kind of curious where they're taking her because it feels like there might be something more interesting. But yeah, totally disgusted by kind of the treatment from fans Look, of Star Wars. I mean, I'm a little surprised that Disney is being so strident and out there and just like upfront with their anti-racist messaging. Like, frankly, I yeah. didn't think they had it in them. But um, clearly yeah. they talked about it beforehand. Um, and that's a good direction for them to go. Totally agree. It's the kind of thing, you know, I feel like they've had enough practice or, yes. or this isn't their <laughs> first true. time having this happen because it's their first time at the rodeo John Boyega, yeah. and they dropped the ball pretty bad on and it. kelly marie Tran so they're and getting Boyega. unfortunately more chances to do better yeah um but. i will try and check it out and julie says she's watching um the time traveler's wife which she is nice. enjoying very much nicole I think it has some weird humor. I've heard mixed things about it. That was what I was going to watch, but then I got these screeners for The Boys Season 3, and I've been watching a bit of that. So so tell us about that. How is the... Like, spoiler-free, obviously. Spoiler-free. Not a spoiler in sight. Not a single single spoiler. Is it everything everyone is saying? Will I see things I can never unsee on this season of The Boys? How is it? Yes, it is. So they released the first three episodes on Friday. I've seen the first three and I have a bunch of others I can watch later. The great thing about the, or one of the great things about The Boys to me is it has this this earned reputation for being this utterly filthy, depraved, grotesque, like just a Caligula style <laughs> disgustatorium. And right out of the gate, I need to make new words to about how, how, how awful it is. In the first episode, okay. they have a scene. This is a true story. I'm watching the episode. I'm eating dinner. I, I'm not going to say what happens, but this, this scene was so disgusting. I had to stop. I like, I can't, I can't have food in my mouth and watch this. And okay, they built a whole set just for this one hideous bit. (laughs) And they definitely the reputation of pushing boundaries when it comes to like, I have not seen this on TV in a movie. I haven't read about it like the Marquis de Sade could never. He would be like, this is too much. Um, Okay. so again, but again. What's good about the show is, and by the way, the boy is a show about superheroes. It's it's, it's like an, it's like a, a it's a, a, if I were writing the log, I would say it's a superhero show for people who hate superhero shows because it's yeah. very much it's the good. superheroes are clearly modeled after Superman, Captain America, but they're all complete astards and they're just the worst of the worst of the worst. They are corrupt. They are egomaniacal, they're power hungry, they're maladjusted, and they're the ones who take down. And the heroes are kind of the guys who are trying to stop them and expose their corruption and get them out of the world. But (laughs) yes, Nicole, you are correct. I haven't gotten to that point yet. That is true. Um, But okay, so what I like is the boys gets you in the door with that kind of gross stuff. And this scene was so gross. But oh, after man. that, I'm like so intrigued. the next, like the, the, the next, like the, the, the first three episodes, mostly if you take a step back, like it is just a very well-written solid, like piece of storytelling. Like the characters are all distinct. They're all well acted. Like the personalities, the plot is easy to understand. You can like see the, cl- the personalities clashing. 
It has a great sense of humor about itself. It's very self-referential, very, very poke fun of it. Drenched in satire, like yeah. they go to Vaught Land, which is just Disneyland this time. It's, it's nice. a very, very obvious dig, and they have and they got lots of digs in it that there. It loves that stuff. It loves to kind of poke fun in America, mythologizing itself with sort of um, you know World War II myth- mythologizing greatest generation stories. Um, there's definitely some Trump nods in this one, um, which there would have had okay. to be. There's no way to get that out. But at the end of the day, despite all like kind of the cutesy satire and the abhorrent visuals that they dream up and depict in detail, it 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 is a solid foundation of drama and character, which is a great combination because you get it's not just about the shiny surface horror show. It, it, it has like a, a heart and some lungs and a spleen and everything else you need to be a human body um, in there too. And you may see them. Oh yeah, you will. You'll see all of it. It's going <laughs> to, it's going to burst everywhere. Um, I mean, like not, not everything works perfectly. They do kind of like rush through the plot sometime to like, you know, that thing in, the, in a plot where you're like, we need the person to do the thing. So send them after the crystal skull of Mongol town or whatever, just write something to have them go do it. Okay. Um, there's a little bit of that. Um, but in this season, particularly, I mean, not that bad. There are some scenes where I'm like, they figured that out real quick, (laughs) but I get it. They want to, they want to move on to the next thing so they can have Benson Eccles show up and do a scene that apparently was so horrible. He refused to do it. (laughs) It's Christian. That is a true thing, which again, I can, I haven't gotten to that point. I can fully believe it. Yeah. I'm, I mean, the actors involved in this, no, it wasn't that bad. I'm sure there'll be other gross stuff as I go through. But again, the appeal here at the to me is the solid story underneath the um, boundary pushing, I'm running enough synonyms for this, uh, carnival of horror. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, really, that The Boys is able to be such a well-written, good solid show while still working in that level of commentary because there's Mm -hmm. there's always been a lot of commentary but it's never felt like they shoehorned anything in Mm -hmm. like even right down to you know one of the writers went and saw avengers endgame uh (laughs) and she got really frustrated with like kind of the charge of lady superheroes and avengers endgame because it was it wasn't done very pandering it it felt patronizing yes it Um, did so she came back, was really mad about it. And then they worked that into season two of the boys with like the, girls I don't remember what done. it was, like girls get it girls done. Girls get it done. Yeah. yeah. That was clever. Yeah. It, it was so clever. And the boys has always been really good about doing that without ever sacrificing like the integrity of the show or like putting the actual story they were telling on the back burner for the sake of commentary. Um, and this season. OK, so we won't say uh, there's one particular plot beat that has been talked about a lot. We won't say it at the hero gasm is the name oh, of the sure. comic arc that they are doing in this season of the show. And they basically said they've reached a point of success where Amazon can say no to them less and realize they're one of their biggest shows. (laughs) So they gave them more license to just do whatever gnarly stuff they're going to do in every season. That's a good one for it. Yeah. Love to get into a later season where there's more confidence and money. Um, And this show is is a show that can do some interesting things with confidence and money. So some shows don't deserve it. Some shows like you give... um, I don't want you. I mean, to me, this is me personal opinion. You, 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 you give Westworld a giant budget. They're not going to use it. Well, they're just going to like go down a rabbit hole of nonsense, <laughs> but this show can use it. Um, as far as the satire goes, you know why it doesn't interrupt things? Cause it's not that far off. Like Daniel, imagine yeah, if, no, it's if, not. if we lived in a world where a massive entertainment conglomerate tried to pander to audiences and use things like uh, feminism and um, racial justice as a way to get passive offenses and get more money. And here's the bottom line. Who would do that? There's no one who would do that. This is, this is impossible that's, to believe. Yeah, that's definitely like, unrealistic. Not that far what they're doing here. No, no, it's not. Which I think is um, why it works. And, and you're right. That is why it works, especially because it's not even, it's especially not far off for the current moment we're in. You know, there's something to be said for a show that is satiring corporate superheroes while superheroes are the biggest movie television corporation franchise in the world yeah. like i wonder how they imagine that i, I wonder how they about this stuff I, I, where yeah where, do, so, where do you get your ideas yeah where <laughs> so it makes total sense i the boys is a you know it was a scrappy show that has it, like you said about 
kind of earning the budget or Mm -hmm. or them being able to do good things with it Mm -hmm. it reminds me a little bit of stranger things in that way because when you go back to season one Uh that show clearly didn't have an enormous budget might not have been small but it wasn't like it is now sure and it's worked its way up to warrant that level of trust and the boys is similar to me where season one was like a total shot in the dark this was either going to be great or a total bombshell because what the hell even is this gnarly nasty show um but it's it's just been so good that it's now at this point where it do you think it's amazon's biggest show right now it's got to be in its top like five at least probably amazon probably i'm not sure amazon has like a stranger things game of thrones yeah size hit like the boys is a big genre offering, but the boys is so hardcore and so self-referential yeah. and so kind of meta. I wonder if there's like a bit of a limit. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't, I, I, yeah. I, I, I've been it, through Jeff's uh, files. It definitely doesn't, you know, it can't hit the same. It will never hit the same kind of mainstream appeal as some of the, as like a stranger things, because it's just not accessible the same way that something like stranger things is. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, you know, I feel like, I mean, that's what Amazon's trying to do with R- mm-hmm. Rings of Power. Wheel of Julie Time. Points yeah. out Wheel of Time. Yeah. Amazon wants that. They want a Stranger oh, they want Things. they so bad. They want it so the closest, bad. Yeah. And The Boys is one of the best things they've mm-hmm. gotten in that swing, even if it's too narrow because of how extreme it is. But I don't know. To, Maybe it's watched like kind of you. I, I actually really don't know. Although before we move on, uh, Christian yeah. asks, does that gross scene talk about talking about involve a manscaper um <laughs> we did advertisement for a while uh no christian but you are oh, in know. you are in the right area of the body okay so before all right the boys boys season three this friday baby uh any other things you want to mention before we move on by the way um anything you guys are watching out there you want to talk about that we haven't brought up yet brought up um the time traveler's wife anything else before we go on to the lightning round the climax of every episode gosh i don't think so i've i mean i've mainly been watching the things we've been talking about yeah you know trying to trying to think of other things that have gotten watched oh one last thing I'll say about Stranger Things, because we talked about this last week, about how this season leads into a rewatch of season one perfectly. Okay. Now I can say it because it's out. We can spoil. This is like early game spoilers. The 11 flashbacks in season four of Stranger Things take place like four years before Stranger Things season one. That's why right. it leads so perfectly into a rewatch. Everything for her in season one is after what we see in season four. That's the all t- I'll say. The tiny child CGI in 11 is quite convincing. As Christian says, it- he's watching Chops. Nice. Oh, really? Oh, cool, Christian. So your coworker's son won the round of Chops. Nice. Gentleman Jack is okay. Nice. Not great, but okay. Yes, don't watch that. I'm watching Hacks. I'm watching Barry. And I'm watching a RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars All-Winner Season. Jinx nice. Monsoon for life. For life. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, I've and I've just been in the Stranger Things rewatch. I'm clear in season three. Watched a little bit of The Circle last night. It's pretty ridiculous. That's a fun show. Which one is that? Is that the one where like you're all in separate rooms or something? And you yes. have to decide who's the it's- real and who's not? It's a social media game. Yeah, they're all in a hotel. They don't get to actually see each other. Okay. Some people are pretending to be other people. They're catfish. So they have a different profile. This season, they have the Spice Girls on pretending to be a, ca- like a the person in the two of the real Spice Girls. Yes. Pretending to be in the Ginger, game. Baby, scary. Baby and scary Spice okay, are in cool. this season of the circle and they are boundlessly entertaining. They're, they're great. Go for that. Yeah. But. I guess, shall we lightning? Unless anyone's got more shows they want to talk. Well, Nicole says she's looking forward to Peaky Blinders. But um, until then, yeah, let's do the Wick News lightning round. And by the way, the first like half of this, just to warn you, is all Star Wars stuff. Because Star Wars had its big uh, Star Wars celebration this past week, weekend. Yeah. Just like they announced like 30 jillion things. So I I, I just put it all in here. So we're going to do a bunch of Star Wars stuff and then then a few other things to round it out. And I don't (laughs) remember if I arranged this in any kind of way. So why don't I just ask you a question and see what happens? Sounds good. Daniel Andor, a Star Wars show about uh, uh, Cassian Andor, who's a guy from Rogue One. It's already been renewed for a second season. And the first season will premiere on August 31st. 
first. Are you an Andor head? Are you a Cassian boost? I am not. I, I could care less about Cassian Andor, <laughs> but I think this show might actually be good. It's going to be 12 episodes these first two seasons well, each. that's a lot. Yeah. Um, it's a lot, and I feel like they've got kind of a solid vision behind it. It's the director from Rogue One as the showrunner. I'll give it a chance. I, I'm not excited for it, but it might be good. Cool. <laughs> That's my official stance. Very, very, um, very hype. Yeah, such hype. Uh, much wow. Okay, Dan. <laughs> so a Star Wars anthology show called Tales of the Jedi is coming. Uh, yeah, it is. So, so I thought so. Tales of the Jedi, different episodes, different Jedi. Let's follow um, Kaigan Jin for an episode. Let's follow one for an episode. Um, man, there's a lot of Star Wars stuff. Man, there's a lot. Man, there's yeah. a lot. Um, there's a lot. How does it not get all lost? I guess it's just like on 20 for this year round. It sounds fine. Yeah. It's, I'm trying to like get fine. it like perfect. Okay. Here's an. That was okay. pretty good. Thank you. This is an. Yeah. Yeah. This is a weird this one. This is an interesting so, one. Another new Star Wars show. It's called Skeleton Crew. It stars. It's about a bunch of kids who get lost in the galaxy and find a way home to a planet and jude law is also there i get I, i'm not i don't know it's like it's like the headmistress headmistress jude law yeah. yeah and it's being directed by john watts who did the spider-man no way home that trilogy of spider-man movies this feels a little like the star wars attempt to do a stranger things uh oh, show with a bunch of kids yes. doing, doing kid yeah. stuff and and one very famous adult um <laughs> i i there's so much star wars stuff yeah and when it's hard I to get done, excited about all of it there there's yeah. one more yeah okay hit me okay this one i think i mean it's more star wars stuff could be cool the acolytes uh another upcoming star wars show surprise really? surprise wow really you, you might never have expected this one will be set during the high republic era which is around 100 years before palpatine is even born mm-hmm. and it's going to tell the story a story from the perspective of the Sith. Now, see, like, I think this one sounds cool. I think it's, there's like a disservice done to it by having so many, you know, like there are some of these yeah, that sound like neat shows, but there's just so much Star Wars shows. I don't know how you can have passion for them all and not have it take over your life. I prefer that they, they like choose a couple and then just cut the rest. Yep. Yep. Could not agree with that more. Okay. Overflowing the market, maybe not the best way to keep hype. We'll see. Um, All right. Now we move on from Star Wars stuff. Finally. To other Lucasfilm stuff. Yes. At the same. So we're like adjacent. At the same um, convention, they set off a trailer for a new show based on the 1980 something fantasy movie Willow starring. um, Oh, no. Help. Help me. Um, Warwick Davis um, as the. Uh, Dwarf Sorcerer. It's going to be a whole TV show now. He's still in it. Premiering November 30th. Val Kilmer is not involved. Um, I'm not super excited for this, but I think it's actually, this makes more sense than a lot of these other things. Apparently there are Willow books and there are like a whole bunch of them that go past the movie. So I like, I know fans of those books who wish that they made more Willow stuff after the movie. Cool. So I don't know that they are adapting the books for this show, but it's an interesting idea. It work. Um, oh, oh, can we switch these next yes, two? Yes, we absolutely can. can. Yes. We, we, All right. Yes, Splendid. So His Dark Materials Season 3. Uh, someone attached to that show said the Mulefa design will please some disappoint others. What are the Mulefa, Dan? Okay, the Mulefa from His Dark Materials are these weird alien creatures that... You know, like sometimes in, in like a sci-fi show, they'll have aliens that basically amount to human beings, different color skin, weird ears. Like the Molefa are so weird. They have like these weird like elephant skeletons and they roll on these wheels that they pick up from seeds that fall from a giant tree and they have trunks and like diamond bones. I love how weird they are. And um, we're going to see them in the third season very soon. And it's going to be, cool. I'm very curious to see how they do it. Cause they are truly alien. I'm going way over. I don't care because it's so weird. Because the, okay, cool. I, I, I got to stop. Do, do you though? Do you, you know what I mean? Like, just like it's a, it's a crazy alien species. that's never made contact with anybody. Oh, their ears are pointy. That's how they're different from us. So I and appreciate that's not these it. Guys. I appreciate it when someone goes the extra mile and says something's truly different. So I'm looking forward to that. Sorry. Everybody. Sweet. I can't wait. Okay. Okay. And this one is for you. 
Netflix okay. is developing a television show based on the Sony video game Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, I you know, I could see Horizon. I love those games. Um, I could see it working well as a show. I think their challenge here is going to be to make a show that matters because the games are so good and their storytelling is really good and their world is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to imagine how Netflix can improve on that. So that, I feel Damn. like that's kind of the challenge for them. I know, Julie. I'm very um, sorry. So, Daniel, you get one overflow if you want. Okay. Play Horizon Zero Dawn. That, that's my <laughs> overflow. It's a good use of time. And, uh, oh, yeah, I guess we can say it's uh, post-apocalypse with robot dinosaurs. We'll leave it there. That's not nice. Very cool sci-fi reason for those dinosaurs. Okay. Um, Dan, let's, so an unburnable copy of The Man. Handmaid's Tale went on auction to protest book banning. Yeah. So Margaret Atwood, author of The Handmaid's Tale, lots of other great books. Um, pretty sweet video. She's like has a flamethrower and is burning The Handmaid's Tale, yeah. which, which is about a post-apocalypse where women are kind of subjugated and turned into like birthing farms. Um, yeah. There is a rise in book banning in, in, in the U.S. There's getting uh, some, some, some passion about it. So it's a cool yeah. way to it's a cool way to, it's a cool way to draw attention to it. And yeah, finally, kudos, Margaret. finally, we have one courtesy of our producer, uh, Daniel. Our flag means death. The pirate show on HBO Max has been renewed for season two. Yeah, yay! Um, you know, it was a cute, fun show. I think mm-hmm. it it's got great uh, LGBTQ rep. Um, it's nice to see something like that okay. in a mainstream pirate show like this on HBO Max. Um, it was fun. I'm glad it's getting it another uh, chance to do another season. Yeah, I think I, it deserves I'll watch it. That. It was nice. Yeah, totally. There we go. We and, and that was under, under so the buzzer. We fully made it up. We made it all. We up. won. And that is our show, people. We're here every single week at Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, streaming live on the Winter is Coming Facebook page and the Winter is Coming YouTube page. And remember. Um, a dragon has two legs, a wyvern has four legs, and a hopeless nerd can tell the difference. Have a good night and goodbye. Take care, y'all. This podcast is brought to you by Fansight. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.